hugging chat. It was a bit of a hit and miss, but when it actually hit, the quality of machine translation was quite good. Japanese subtitling is charged at the highest rate of any language, and Japanese dubbing is the sixth most expensive rate of any language. Hey everyone, and welcome to SlaterPod. Hi, Esther. Hey, Florian. Been a while. Uh, about four weeks, five weeks of news to catch up. Uh, no, did have a, a number of great guests. We had the panel uh, about large language models. So, uh, but there's there's a lot of other stuff that's happening that only you can update us on, Esther. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll stick around here. So uh, first, we also sent our second uh, edition of the Toolbox Journal. Uh, remember, we uh, took over the Jewel Toolbox Journal from Joost, and we sent out second edition. You know, uh, nearly ten thousand subscribers uh, for that, uh, geared towards freelance uh, linguists, freelance linguist experts. And uh, yeah, so that adds to the fifteen and a half thousand that we have on our newsletter. So now we nearly have nearly twenty six thousand subscribers overall over at Slater. So uh, if you do want to subscribe to both, you can do that now on the website. It was a bit of tweaking that you can subscribe to both in one go. So head over there and do that. Also, do register for SlaterCon Remote. Another one coming up in June. Great agenda. Lots of great speakers. Uh, we got uh, Marco Assis from uh, Propio as the keynote speaker, the uh, interpreting provider in uh, in the US. We have an AI dubbing panel uh, headed by uh, Anna uh, Wyndham, our, our head of uh, research. Then Dell is joining us. We have ServiceNow, buyer presentation. AstraZeneca um, is joining for, for a buyer presentation. So lots of good stuff going on and, you know, register now, early bird. So today we're going to talk about quick, just quick LLM, ChatGPT wrapper. So much happening. That's why it feels like uh, our last part was like a year ago, because there's just so much happening, even if it's only four weeks. Uh, Yonkers uh, sold to a private equity firm. You're telling us a bit more about super agencies, Zoo, and maybe we get time. We can still cover Straker, which also put out uh, full year results. So we did you have a chance to ch uh, check up on that uh, ChatGPT and localization uh, conference that uh, Constant Input put out? I had a little look, yeah. Saw some familiar faces. <laughs> It was great. Uh, kudos to to Constantine. Uh, great, timely online event, free, put on YouTube. Encourage everybody to go there. Had a quick opening panel with Yap van der Meer from Taos, uh, and you know, moderated by Constantine Grunge from Custom MT. Uh, spoke about you know what's going on currently, what, how we see top down. But for me, it, more interesting that kind of my thirty thousand foot view on this is were some of the uh, use cases by the TMS providers. Um, and so, for example, localize with a K. Um, sorry, you could just, you know, you, they picked the brand. I didn't localize with a K. You got to say a K and an S. Localize with a K and an S. Um, they had a really interesting uh, initial kind of how to integrate these large language model capabilities in a TMS, right? Because yes, I can go to OpenAI. I can punch in my query or my translation prompt into the box, and out comes something that's maybe useful, maybe not, right? But that's not really integrated into your day-to-day -day work if you're a freelance translator, in-house translator, or if you're at an LSP. So Localize had a really interesting integration where it's integrated into their uh, TMS, 
And it gives the linguist options like rephrase, make SEO friendly, edit context, shorten, or suggest variants. It's really nicely integrated into their existing UI and you can just kind of click a button, right? So source set, set sentences there, you click the button, you kind of make it very interactive with these, uh, with these different options. So to me, that was kind of a glimpse of where I think this is going and also that it is likely to be at least in the short to medium term, not completely disruptive, but more complementary, right? Because you still need the TMSs, you still need the enterprise grade integrations into, you know, these hundreds or even thousands of different content management systems, you know, custom or not, that are out there where content's flowing through. But of course, you want to make sure that you have um that you leverage these new LLM capabilities in the translation workflow. So yeah, it's uh, it was great. It's on YouTube, go check it out. There was also Bureau Works was there, Phrase was there, uh, and they gave some uh, uh, kind of overview of their, of how they're integrating these capabilities. So very interesting. Also, of course, you do want to check out the, um, the ChatGPT panel we had with Adam Bittlemeyer from Modelfront, Varshal Gupta, uh, uh, from uh, Dubverse and Mia Vlad from RWS. That was uh, probably our longest podcast, about 70 minutes. So, you know, getting there, getting to the two-hour mark at some point. Uh, very interesting there as well. So, yeah, lots of stuff is happening. How are you kind of keeping up with all the stuff that's happening in ChatGPT, LLM land? And, like, did you get a subscription for ChatGPT as well now? Or Yeah, I have a subscription. Uh which is great. I'm playing around with it. Um, but I mean, how am I keeping up? Well, I don't know. It's a struggle, I'd say, right? Even if you're on top of this sort of day in, day out, there's still a lot to, to process and think through. So I don't know. I, I think sometimes putting it down even for like a week or so and then revisiting the question of how is all of this going to shake out sometimes, sometimes helps get a bit of clarity. There's so much going on in terms of the generative aspect and the translation aspect. I think a lot of people are stunned by the quality they're getting from, uh, you know, for now it's OpenAI ChatGPT, but we also just saw Hugging Face launch Hugging Chat. And this is free and we tested it and it was a bit of a hit and miss, but when it actually hit, the quality of machine translation was quite good. So, and that is free, right? It's based on Facebook's LLAMA model, probably they call it Llama model. Uh, so Hugging Chat, it's, it's same interface as ChatGPT. So you can go there, you can prompt it to translate. And as I said just now, I mean, hit or miss, sometimes it kind of completely breaks, unlike ChatGPT, but then when it does actually do the translation, it's quite good. So you got the generative aspects, you got the translation aspects there. And now we have the integrations into into the TMS, kind of the early phases there. So, yeah, uh, I will try to summarize kind of the latest uh, findings in at SlaterCon Remote. I have an, another four or five weeks, so let's see what happens uh, un, until then. Probably a little more clarity on, especially the integration side. Um, yeah, one company that's certainly uh, now trying to integrate a lot of this would be Yonkers, and now they got the the funds having sold to Mayfair Equity Partners. So tell us a bit more about that deal, Esther. Yeah, so, well, this is a, a deal we covered, um, well, it feels like a while back now, but just a few a few weeks, short weeks ago. Um, so Belgium-based LSP, it was founded in the mid-90s by Mark Yonkers. And so self-titled LSP there, Yonkers. 
Um, now got a presence in the UK, the US, uh, all around Europe and, and Asia. Um, people may, well, probably heard of it since it's been around for, a, a, you know, a good number of years and has also grown to become quite sizable, particularly in, in recent years. Uh, so Yonkers was actually one of the fastest growing LSPs in our language service provider index uh, in 2023. So they posted something, I think, over 75% growth organic um, in 2022 uh, and are now around US dollar, uh, 35 million, sorry, in US dollars in revenues. They do a lot um, in the technology and retail verticals. So they've you know, would work with the likes of Microsoft, Adobe, Amazon, uh, these kind of customers. Um, and I think a lot of their organic growth, growth generally has come from uh, or been supported by their proprietary TMS. So back in 2015, a long time ago now, they began developing uh, this uh, TMS called Words Online. Um, it's proprietary, cloud and AI based, um, and it was designed to support continuous localization. So obviously, uh, very suited to those particular uh, customer segments in in tech and retail, um, so designed to support you know high those high volumes that are, are needed in in short turnaround times. Um, so yeah, on the transaction, they sold to Mayfair Equity Partners. Um, they now plan to obviously continue growing, uh, probably deliver some bolt on M and A, uh, continue investing in tech. Uh, and reach new markets. Uh, we, Slater, actually acted as an advisor to Mayfair in the transaction, which we're obviously um, very Full pleased disclosure. and happy happy about. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, I think, well, one of the points that we've made about um, about Yonkers most recently is, is their leadership um, that changed fairly recently. Um, they had brought on board some ex-SDL execs, um, specifically Silke Schweiger, the CEO. Um, she originally joined as, um, I think, CRO and then stepped into CEO role in, in 2020. Um, so obviously, you know, doing doing a, a good job there, continuing to post uh, good growth. Yeah, 75% growth. I think that's, uh, that's good for, for 2022. All right, so Yonkers, thirty-five million, uh, not quite a super agency yet, but uh, you know, if they keep growing at seventy-five percent, they're going to be there in like four years. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's see. Uh, there has been some news on the C level at a couple of a handful of uh, super agencies. Tell us more. Yeah, like you said, a couple of super agencies, um, C level changes. The probably. Biggest one would be a new CEO for We Localize. Um, it was previously led by co-founder Smith Ewell um, for decades, um, and Paul Carr has now joined as CEO of We Localize. Um, he comes from a well, came from Third Bridge, which is an investment research firm. Um, was president there, and now has taken up the CEO mantle at We Localize. And he's also, he knows a thing or two, by the way, about business services. He was the CEO uh, or president of Axiom. Uh, a, it's kind of a legal services provider. So very much in the legal space. And I know legal is a, a key vertical for WeLocalize as well. And then he's also uh, a non-executive director at Williams Lee. Are you familiar with Williams Lee? Have you ever competed with them uh, at Donnelly? They were a name that I knew 
from years back, definitely. Um, and they were, it was Williams Lee Tag at one point, and but they were quite heavily into mar- sort of the marketing and creative production, I think. They were our key competitor for some of the staffing uh, s- staffing services with the banks in Asia. Uh, so, you know, we staffed some translators on site with some of the big investment banks. We, like my previous company, uh, CLS. And then Williams Lee also had uh, a bunch of uh, their people basically on site with the investment bank, like in one of these kind of cost plus deals where like, you know, the bank doesn't want to bring all these people onto their own payroll. So they have vendors hire them, but place them on site with them. And so uh, actually some of the people that our outsourced staff would report to were people that were staffed by Williams Lee. So the kind of layers uh, upon layers there. So yeah, Williams Lee, uh, one of the uh, bigger providers in the document services space. And so, yeah, Paul uh, definitely has the background. Knows a thing or two. <laughs> but then Lionbridge had like, two announcements, but one of them was C-level, one of them was uh, TMS related. Yeah, so we've got a new chief marketing officer for Lionbridge. I've been practicing her surname, so I'll give it a go. Uh, it's Manaka Thilayampalam. Uh, new CEO of Lionbridge, she joined or started at the mid to late March of this year and will be reporting into John Fennelly. So she comes with 20 years of experience, more than 20 years, um, kind of broad reaching across Dell Technologies, Amazon, or AWS, Banking Circle Group, LinkedIn and Accenture. So she'll be doing a lot on the marketing front over at Lionbridge. We had Jamie as a speaker Um He's left a while ago. He spoke, I think it was, oh no, it was more recently than that, wasn't it? It was maybe 2021 that he was at one of our SlateCon remotes. Um, yeah, he left, I think, a year ago. Jamie Punishill. So uh, he, he left maybe a half year ago or so. So new CMO there. Yeah, and also a new new translation management system, uh, or maybe not new, but a new but a new agreement. Uh, so Lionbridge has signed a multi-year agreement with Phrase, uh, formerly known as Memsource. Um, this happened in early April that they announced uh, the contract, where they will be integrating Phrase's cat tool functionality into Lionbridge's workflow. Um, so this obviously followed an extensive thorough review of the market, as you'd imagine when you're going out looking for for something like this. They evaluated proposals from different uh, cat tools and selected Phrase ultimately as their as their TMS partner. Interesting that both, um, you know, just going back to we localize, you know, we had Smith on the pod and he was also saying, look, we own kind of the, the core of the system, the ERP, but like we plug all of these other tools and, and systems into it, including, the, you know, the TMS and the cat. And now you have Limebridge also with this deal in a sense, you know, saying, well, you know, we, we don't want to own that piece of tech, meaning the TMS and the, and the CAT tool. We have other components here, but so we're basically using this, what some say, like a best of breed approach. And yeah, phrase, a uh, big win for phrase. I mean, that this is public, that's a big win um, that, you know, one of the biggest agencies out there is, has kind of selected them after, uh, what I'm sure it was a thorough review that's, uh, comes with a lot of bragging rights. So congrats to phrase. Another one that does own the whole stack is RWS. Indeed. They do own the stack. Um, but less happy news coming out of RWS. Um, I think the past week or so, um, they had a trading update, um, being a listed company in the UK 
RWS updated investors on the six months of trading that ended at the end of March this year, 2023. Um, yeah, wasn't such a, a happy kind of, well, days, weeks that followed. Um, RWS, shares in RWS plunged actually on the day that the update came out. So it was the 25th of April. Um, the share price fell by more than 16% in one day and have continued to fall further uh, into May where we are today, um, shares trading at around 251 pence, £2.51. Used to trade above 600, huh? Yeah, used to trade much higher. Um, and obviously all of that has an impact on the market capitalization, which has, I think, dropped um, significantly since the peak around April 2021. Uh, now the market cap is actually... I don't know for the first time since when, but it's trading, uh, sorry, the market capitalization has dropped below the billion pound mark. Um, so it's now 900 and, well, as of whenever I looked this morning, 978 million pounds. So around 1.2 billion US dollars. You could argue it's cheap now, the stock, right? I mean, they're still generating, uh, I'm checking the figures here, like 128 pound, million pounds in pre-tax profits for the full year. So that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but it's. I think it's obviously lower than perhaps what some people were expecting. Um, the You mentioned the pre-tax profit um, in that period is expected to fall by 11%. Yeah, I think you also on the top line, but still very profitable, very solid. But of course, if, you know, these figures stop growing, then you take the growth component completely out of the stock. And that uh, triggers what I guess analysts would call a re-rating. So it goes from being a stock, uh, sorry, a growth stock to just being kind of more of a dividend stock. Um, and so let's see uh, where shares are going to end up this year. Probably, I think we're if if they keep up that profitability, I mean, again, I'm not a financial analyst, but I, I think we're probably near the bottom here. No financial advice. Um, media, Zoo, they dropped a bit of an announcement of uh, and, and kind of a, an interesting one because they didn't disclose uh, which company they're going to buy or which unit they're going to buy. So Zoo Digital, they raised capital, right? Yeah, it's a bit of a, a, a multi-layer announcement or news piece here. So on the one hand, they announced that they've raised money. Again, this is a UK listed company. Um, so they did a share placement in which they raised um, ultimately around 15.5 million US dollars alongside um, a smaller retail offer uh, where they wanted to raise around half a, half a million pounds. Um, so all of that um, kind of, I suppose, is the backdrop to their plan to acquire a media localization company in Japan, um, which is how they plan to spend the proceeds, acquiring one of their longtime partners. That, As you said, I think it's not named, but they described the target as a media localization subsidiary of a leading Japanese technology company. So perhaps not a standalone company per se. Yeah, immediately my mind went to Imagica, but then that was already done with the SDI deal. So like, you know, now I'm kind of blanking on what Japanese technology company that I know, could be. We need and to sort of up our, up our intel on the Japanese tech market. If anybody knows, drop it in the comments. 
Well, I'm sure I'm sure we'll find out in due course. They should tell us. They also announced a small one, uh, like literally today or yesterday, uh, Friday. Okay. I haven't spotted that. Yeah, me neither. Well, it's continuing the strategy of kind of investing in and or acquiring in these quite strategic locations. So Zoo previously invested and or acquired in South Korea, India, Turkey to kind of help with that um, global expansion. Um, Japan for them is is strategic as well. Um, they gave a few kind of their take on on the Japanese subtitling uh, and streaming market generally saying it's a growth market for all global streaming services. Um, they said Japanese subtitling is charged at the highest rate of any language and Japanese dubbing is the sixth most expensive rate of any language. So I think the idea is try and have a, a bit tighter con operational control on uh, on language production for Japanese there. Then also Straker announced results, revenue up 6% to nearly $60 million now, or uh, sorry, that's probably New Zealand dollars. I'm reading it off the original. Um, adjusted EBITDA is up a bit, although I don't know how to unpack the adjusted component. Cash flow apparently being solid, good margins, but uh, investors aren't super keen on it checking the share price kind of steady over the past month, but uh, also took a, a big hit over the past uh, kind of since, since the start of the year down from like probably down about 40, 30%. Uh, so generally uh, there's some of the, uh, so some of the publicly listed companies in, in our space are taking a bit of a hit, but you know, let's see how this pans out for the rest of the year. All right, so again, uh, register for SlaterCon Remote, and uh, let's not wait for another five weeks to do the next uh, news podcast. Agreed. See you soon. See you.